Warriors, Clippers, Game 6. Yo, even Vegas gets it wrong sometime. It's the Cypher. The first round of these NBA playoffs, no, it's not the greatest first round ever, but it's been an interesting first round, and it's far from disappointing. Yes, the Bucks swept the Pistons. Guess what? They're supposed to sweep the Pistons. The Pistons aren't a very good team. The Bucks are arguably the best team in the game right now outside of the defending champs, and I'll get to them in a second. The Raptors beat the Magic. They're supposed to. They're a legit title contending team. The Magic are a good team. They just don't have the talent. That result also not shocking. The Sixers beating the Nets. That's the more talented team with a top 10 player, maybe even top five in Joel Embiid imposing their will on a young, talented, but inexperienced Brooklyn squad. You get the results you're supposed to get. There's no shockers except when you get to the way Blazers versus Thunder finished. Remember, the Blazers are the third seed. But a lot of people, including myself, I keep it 100. When I, when I call it and I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. I actually picked the Thunder to win this series. I thought it would be a six-game series. I thought the Thunder would win the series. I thought that the combination of Russ, Paul George, Stephen Adams – would would overpower what Dame had beside them. I thought the loss of Yusuf Nurkic, I thought that gave Steven Adams an advantage in the middle. I thought that Paul George would outplay C.J. McCallum. That didn't happen. I didn't say think that Russ would outplay Dame, but I thought that would be a back and forth. I thought they might even cancel each other out. And what happened was, you had Dame and CJ, who are both shot makers, outshoot Paul George, who can be a streaky shooter, and Russ, who's not a shooter. Y'all shoot them. You had them bait them into a jump shooting contest, something OKC can't win because they can't shoot. They're not a great shooting team. And while Russ is a great player, He'll go down as a, an all-time great Hall of Famer. People will talk about his incredible athleticism. Maybe the most athletic player in NBA history. Maybe the hardest working player in NBA history in terms of what he does, the, ex- the energy he, exp- he expends on both ends of the floor. That said, some of the things that make Russell Westbrook a tremendous player that makes him an all-star slash superstar that allows him to average a triple-double for three years in a row are sometimes the things that come back to bite him. And when I picked OKC, I picked them because the rust I had seen coming into the playoffs had been a rust that had took a step back. He'd allowed Paul George to step forward and establish himself as the number one option on the Thunder. And I know Paul George had the shoulder injury and he didn't play as quite at the high level as he did before the All-Star break, but he was still playing at a high level. And I really thought that Paul George would have no problem getting his shot whenever he wanted over CJ. Now, granted, there are cross matchups and sometimes 
Mo Harkless guarded Paul George. Aminu guarded Paul George. But more times than not, CJ and Paul George matched up versus each other. And CJ McCallum outplayed Paul George. He just did. And Damian Lillard outplayed Russell Westbrook thoroughly. And people will go back and they'll look at the numbers and go, well, Russ, Russ almost averaged a number triple-double. Yes, the numbers will show that. And, and those stat lines are impressive. But go beyond the obvious stat lines and look at the 36% from the floor. Look at the 31% from three. Look at the turnovers. Now, the stat line won't show you the poor shot selection or the late game poor decision making. Things that I think have haunted Russell Westbrook most of his career. Again, a great player. But I don't want Russ running my offense late, late game. I just don't. He's a bad decision maker. He's a bad shot taker, period. I think moving forward, a lot of people are quick to jump on Russ and say that Russ is done. I think Russell Westbrook is far from done. The question with Russell Westbrook going forward is, is he capable of adjusting to a, a legit system? Is he capable of playing more off the basketball? Let's face it. You can look at the numbers and talk about the assists, but the reality is Russ is a two guard. He's not a good shooting two guard, but he's a two guard masquerading as a point guard. He's always been that. That's not breaking news. This goes back to when he and KD and Durant and Ibaka and all those brothers was together when OKC went to the lineup that brought Harden in, Harden was their best point guard. Harden ran the offense better than Russ, and Russ was more efficient playing off of Harden. I think moving forward, they need to get a legit point guard. Dennis Schroeder is not a point guard. He's a watered-down version of Westbrook. He is a shoot-first point guard, if anything, maybe a combo guard. They need a legit point guard that can run the offense but maybe can make shots. He doesn't have to score 20 a game, but he has to have some kind of jump shot, some kind of consistency from outside to keep defensive honest. That's how I feel about the Thunder going forward and what they could do, because you're not going to trade Russell Westbrook. You're just not. They're handcuffed with that. That marriage, they're together to the end. I think what they have to do is be creative in the offseason and how they put more talent around him and Paul George, and they've got to really consider going with another coach, with another philosophy, and get Russ to buy in on it. As far as the Blazers, how can you not be impressed with Damian Lillard? Damian Lillard doesn't play with a second superstar or all-star. They're, they're, the Blazers are anything but a star-laden team. They've got Damian Lillard, a legit all-NBA player, and I think C.J. McCallum is an all-star caliber player. But this team rises and falls off of what Damian Lillard does. Props to Dame. To me, when you want to find out what a real star is, when you want to find out if a guy's a legit superstar, it's how they bounce back when they struggle, when they face adversity, maybe when they, they were in defeat. Remember last year, this same Blazers team, they got swept by the Pelicans. Dame got locked down by Drew Holiday. And how did he respond? He got in the gym. He, he became a bigger gym rat than he already was. He extended his range. 
He got more consistent, more efficient. And he was ready for this. This matchup versus Russell Westbrook, this is perfect. They've not been fans of each other's for years. And the idea that they got to go head to head, if you're a fan, how could you not enjoy that head to head? That emotion, watching those two go back and forth. Dame hits the series winning shot and waves goodbye to the Thunder. Mic drop. Spurs Nuggets game seven. We saw that coming. They're that evenly matched. Houston taking out the Jazz in five. That's Houston taking care of business. The Rockets are on a mission. They want to lock up with the Warriors again and decide ultimately who's going to the finals. But the series that's not supposed to be a series is now a series. Warriors Clippers are in game six. Nobody saw that coming. I did. I said before the series started, the Warriors are not sweeping. They're not sweeping the Clippers. They're just not. The Warriors are not this lockdown defensive team. They're capable of playing better defense, but their defense has been mediocre to average at best all year long. And those are your habits. That's what you've been. This idea that they can just flip a switch and lock you down whenever, that's false. This Warriors team has six, maybe even seven blowout losses at home. Nobody's afraid to play an Oracle. Oracle doesn't have that aura about um, of invincibility. In this series, in this very series versus the Clippers, the Warriors up 31 get walked down by the Clippers. Lou Williams knocks them out in the fourth quarter. That's an Oracle. Game three, Warriors come back, blow out the Clippers. Game four, that's a one-possession game and went back and forth, and that was the Clippers' game to win. And Lou Williams, who normally makes late-game shots, he missed shots, but not because the Warriors did a better job of defending him. He just missed shots that he normally makes. Lou Williams in this series has gotten every shot he's wanted. Then you go to game five. In a game where KD scores 45, where Steph and Clay both shoot well, the Clippers win that too. In Oracle again, let me say this again. Nobody's afraid to play an Oracle. That aura of invincibility, gone. This Warriors team, some will say it's arrogance. Some will say it's complacency. It's, it's a reality. They're not as deep as they were on the bench. They've become more top heavy. And when Boogie went down with injury, that means that someone like Looney or Bogut had to go to the starting lineup, which depleted to me an already weak bench to begin with. But the Clippers, credit to the Clippers, first of all, what Doc Rivers is doing is smart. It's something that the better teams will do. When Steph, Clay, and KD are on the court with Draymond or Looney or Bogut, guess what? They're not guarding Draymond. They're not guarding Looney or they're not guarding Bogut. There are times when the Clippers play the Warriors basically five against three. They want Draymond to shoot. He's open for a reason. They leave him wide open from three. You know why? He's shooting less than 20% from three. 
and Draymond's not trying to pull. What happens is the shot clock runs down and you get a bad shot. Looney and Bogut, they're not guys that can get their own shots. This Clipper team is playing with house money. Going into game six, this Clipper team really believes they can beat the Warriors. And I'm going to put it out there. If Golden State doesn't lock in on defense, if they don't step up their defensive effort for an entire game, this is going to game seven. And if it goes to game seven, in my opinion, that's a toss up. You can give the Warriors a slight edge because of pedigree and past accomplishments. I'm living in the now. And in the now, if this goes seven, anybody can win. Because even in that game seven, guess who won't have any pressure on them? The Clippers. In a series where KD is averaging 32, Steph's averaging 25, Clay's averaging 19, you're even getting 11 from Draymond. It's a 3-2 series. Because the Warriors can't get stops late. It's a 3-2 series because as great as KD is, as great as Steph is, the guy that's been the best player in the fourth quarter most of this series has been Lou Williams. I know as a basketball fan, I can't wait to see this game. And look, I, I don't care who wins. I don't. You, you know, we make our picks. We enjoy the game. Sure, there are, there are players that we admire. I'm a big Lou Williams fan. Always like Lou Williams. Love KD, Steph, Clay. But I, I don't have a, a, a rooting interest in this game. I just have my pick. And if you guys listened to the Cypher before, you know my take on this playoffs, my take on this season. I don't think the Warriors are going to repeat. I'm not trying to be like I, I'm, I'm a psychic and tell you who's going to be the NBA champion. But I'm telling you who I think won't be the NBA champion. And that's the Golden State Warriors. But I didn't expect them to lose in the first round. And I hope they don't. Maybe you know what? Maybe I do have a rooting interest. Let me let me let me rewind that because I do want to see the Warriors play the Rockets. And I hope that goes seven games and I hope no one suffers a major injury And let's see who wins. Warriors Clippers tonight, 10 o'clock, must see TV. I'm telling y'all, do not sleep on these Clippers. Do not sleep on Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Let me say one more thing about these Clippers. I told you this before the series started. They are the number one team in free throw attempts. They get to the foul line. They generate offense In multiple ways. They get to the foul line, they shoot the three, and they get out and run. If Golden State can't keep them off the foul line, they're going to be in trouble tonight. So all the drama is taking place in the Western Conference. The Nuggets and Spurs, that's going seven. So Dame and the Blazers are waiting on the winner of that series. The Rockets took out the Jazz in five. They're waiting on the winners of the Warriors versus Clippers series. But in the East, no such drama. You get the number one seed Bucks with Giannis and company taking on Kyrie Celtics. You've got Kawhi's Raptors taking on Joel Embiid's Sixers. That Bucks versus Celtics, that's a repeat. That's a sequel. But it's a little bit different. The Bucks have added Brooke Lopez. The Celtics have a healthy Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. 
when I look at this series and I look at the matchups, yes, Giannis is the best player in this series. But the second best player in the series is probably Kyrie. The question is, whose supporting cast is going to be able to impose their will? Whose supporting cast is going to be the more impactful supporting cast? Is it going to be Chris Middleton, who this year stepped up his game and became an all-star? Or Eric Bledsoe? Or Brooke Lopez, the big that can play pick-and-pop basketball? Don't forget about the addition of Meritage, a veteran like George Hill. Or is it going to be somebody on the Celtics roster like the Jason Tatum? What about Jalen Brown? Two young players who kind of ascended last year in the playoffs, who kind of grew up in the playoffs during that run that got them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, matter of fact, the series versus the Bucks, it's kind of like when Terry Rozier made his money, when he became Scary Terry. Terry Rozier replacing Kyrie Irving outplayed Eric Bledsoe. It got personal and scary. Terry outplayed the veteran. Don't forget about the loss of Marcus smart for the Celtics. Heady player, great defender. But I think with him being gone, the rotation seems more set. The ball moves a little bit more. I think the Celtics have found their identity. I think it's established Kyrie's that dude, but Kyrie's learned to move the ball more. He's trusting Jason Tatum. He's trusting Jalen Brown. Al Horford looks healthier than he has all year. Gordon Haywood is starting to look more like Gordon Haywood, a shot maker, a guy that can get to the basket. I know that numbers matter. The Bucks are the number one defense in the NBA and the fourth ranked offense in the NBA. They're the number one seed. Giannis is the, probably in the lead for league MVP. Probably the number one candidate. Harden's right there. To me, toss up. But if I'm making a pick, and I'll make a pick on this series. This is one I can make a definitive pick. I'm going with the Celtics. I'm going with the Celtics. I'm not saying all of a sudden someone's going to shut Giannis down, but I think the Celtics, with some of their bigs, with their length, I think the and the Bucks are an extremely long team. Don't get me wrong, but I think the Celtics can do enough to slow Giannis down. It could become the Kyrie show. I think Kyrie Irving's going to have a big series. I think Jason Tatum is going to have a big series. I got the Celtics winning this series. I won't give you a number because I don't do numbers. I'm just a bottom line person, but I'm picking the Celtics to advance to the next round in this series. In the other conference semis matchup, you got the Raptors, the number two seed, versus the Sixers. This series will come down to half-court execution. This series will be about Toronto's depth and their transition defense. If the Toronto Raptors can make this about half-court execution, if they can slow the Sixers down, and particularly Ben Simmons, then they're going to win this series. Plain and simple. For Ben Simmons to be at his best, he's got to be in the open floor. He's got to be going downhill and he's got to be attacking you. He's shown spurts of being effective in the half court, but it's still not a strength. For the obvious reason, not a shooter. He's pretty good in the post, 
But in this series, you're going up against a Raptors team with three elite wing defenders in Kawhi, Siakam, and Danny Green. So they'll switch out anything. Pick and roll, pick and pop. Factor in what Sergi Baca can do. In this Raptors team, not just on paper, they're the deeper team. The Sixers are top-heavy. So this comes down to, can the top-heavy Sixers separate from the Raptors starters and offset what the Raptors bench is going to give them? Because there are going to be times when Serge Ibaka is going to be playing center and his job is going to be to take and beat away from the basket. Marcus Gasol can post, but I expect him to play in the high post a lot to, again, take and beat away from the basket. Kawhi Leonard is probably the best player in this series, but I'm only saying that because I don't think Joel Embiid's 100% healthy. If Embiid's healthy, he's the best player in this series. He's the most unguardable player in this series because if he's healthy and he's committed to getting on the left or right block, he can collapse an entire defense. When he's dominant, when he's aggressive, he creates shot opportunities for his teammates, for Tobias Harris, for Jimmy Butler, and import, more importantly, for J.J. Reddick. I think this is going to be a great series. But again, if the Sixers are limited to what they can do in a half-court set, I expect the Raptors to advance to the next round of the playoffs. But if you're an NBA fan, lock in. These matchups are going to be crazy. Kawhi Leonard versus Ben Simmons. Siakam versus either Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris. Danny Green versus either Jimmy Butler or Tobias Harris. I get, I, I'm willing to bet Cal Lowry, because of the way the Sixers are built, he's going to guard J.J. Reddick. I think they're going to mix it up that way. There's going to be a lot of cross matchups in this series. It's going to be important that Ibaka and Mark Gasol can hit their 15 to 16-foot perimeter jump shots consistently. That will pull the big men away from the basket. And it's going to be highly important that Brett Brown Pounded into Embiid's head over and over again. Don't fall in love with your perimeter game. Get on that left or right block and attack. Embiid's got a mean mid-range game. He's got a nice mid-range touch. His mid-range is highly consistent. But what you want him to do is use that power, use that footwork, and either get to the foul line or get an and one and get to the foul line. He's that dominant when he's in attack mode. I can't wait to watch this series. But you know what? A friend of mine hit me up with this question. Maybe he's being prisoner in the moment. It's something that another guy on a page, MLC, that I, I get into every now and then as part of the fam. He asked this question, and maybe it's, he's coming off the heels of what he saw, Blazers versus the Thunder. The question is, he says, Curry is a great shooter, if not the best ever. I agree. But is Dame Lillard a better actual hooper? What he's saying is, no question, Steph the greater shooter. We won't even question the accomplishment. Steph's a three-time champion. Dame's yet to get to the finals, yet to get to a conference finals. But is Dame a better basketball player? That's an interesting question. On the pregame show, hit me back with your answers. Matter of fact, don't even wait. Once you listen to this episode, just use the voice message and let me know your opinions on this question. 
Is Damian Lillard a better basketball player than Steph Curry? It's Decipher, a good-looking-out Facebook fam. You guys keep me going. YouTube, Spreaker. I love the way the Anchor community kind of supports each other. Now, I go on the Anchor page a lot. What I don't do is I don't post a lot. That's not really my bag. I support people. I like to read what they have to say. I'm always interested when someone comes up with an interesting tip. A lot of people have the same complaints. But I love the way people rally around one another. I love the way my fellow podcasters have engaged in the idea of favoriting each other's shows. And again, I'm still on a mission. I said I'm going to listen to everybody's show. I haven't listened to all of them yet, but I've listened to a lot of them. And I've I've actually, like I said, I'm coming back. Some of these shows are great. And they're entertaining. I love the content. I love the variety. You know what? That's all about Anchor. That's all about the Anchor community. So shout out to Anchor and the Anchor community. It's the Cypher. Next time.